On today's episode of Tell Me What You Know, we're talking Dungeons and Dragons. D&D is one of the most popular RPG games worldwide. We'll dive into how the game is played, some general mechanics of getting through an adventure, and touch on some controversies that came about because the media seems to have always thought that games create violence. And then, we're going small, small as you can go, and venturing into atoms. First, we'll talk about the brief history of the idea of atoms, then we'll scale them up to the size of the Earth to get a sense of just how big they are. We can't leave out Einstein's famous E equals MC squared, the results of which have literally changed our world. For the better, you decide. Then we'll close it out by talking about some famous atoms like Sandler, West, and Scott. Welcome to Tell Me What You Know. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Today is Thursday, July 2nd, and this is episode 11 of season 2 of Tell Me What You Know. Hope you had a good 4th of July. That's right. You'll be hearing this after that. Today is July 2nd, but you won't hear us until the 10th. Yeah. (laughs) Is that the right day? Yeah. Hopefully we all make it till then. I hope we all make it as well. Yeah. Oh, anyway. So what were you saying? Karen is the new N-word? Yeah, apparently uh, Karen is becoming uh, or so I guess we should call it the K-word. I don't know. The K-word, yeah. It's a derogatory term. Yeah. Uh, I see all these people on Twitter talking about patriarchy and misogyny is long you know has lived long before racism mm-hmm. this this word is the exact same as using that word and blah, blah 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 sounds like a kind of a caring thing to say so, sort of yeah kind of oversensitive you can speak to somebody's <laughs> manager about that one yeah yeah i don't know uh this all came up because you're drinking a dr pepper over there like a diva a diet, sorry, coke. A diet you're coke. drinking the dr pepper i was yes shout out to our sponsors diet coke dr pepper <laughs> that's right <laughs> Anywho, we got. Did you long... guys figure out a way to work in? <laughs> yeah, we'll pair it with Karen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got gotcha. you. No problem. I feel like uh, like Garth from uh, from Wayne's World, just yeah. holding up a Doritos bag, <laughs> kicking my Reeboks up, Reeboks up on the table. <laughs> got a long weekend coming up this weekend. Yeah. All right, is everybody off Friday? I, I didn't That's know we like had a like a bridge. Thing. Yeah, yeah. It's a new thing. I don't know if it's new, but I know. I, 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 thought it was always you just got the fourth off if it fell on the week but it's kind of nice that we're off tomorrow yeah yeah it is nice to get a nice three-day weekend be great if it was like a if it was a four-day weekend (laughs) if we got thursday and friday off yeah you could just take it off it's true it's already thursday though yeah it's already three two thirty so yeah we're almost done we're almost done with this one uh what else you got i'm watching some south park yeah. Rewatching the one where uh, rewatching the season with leading up to Trump mm. winning. So funny. Is that the so PC good. principal one? Uh PC principal's in it, but it's mostly uh the trolling season. Okay. Where the, the Danish are the yes. trolls. Yes. <laughs> it was Dane. So funny. Yeah. Alright, well let's jump into today's yeah. episode. Michael, tell me what you know about Dungeons and Dragons. Hmm. D D. D D. I know it's a card game, like a no, not, is that not what it is? There's no cards. It's not magic. Oh, it's not Pokemon. Oh, maybe I'm confusing them. Yeah, I'm confusing magic. Yeah, Magic the Gathering with Dungeons and Dragons. So right. then maybe I don't know anything about Dungeons. You know Dungeons something. And Dragons. I'm sure. Uh, I I think I I think I mix those two together in my head. Okay. Uh, I don't know much about magic, but I would imagine they're similar. Other than magic, I think is like a one v one type game. Mm-hmm. 
Dungeons and Dragons is a tabletop RPG. RPG, of course, meaning role-playing game. This was the game they're playing in Stranger Things. Yes. Okay. So there's a dungeon master. Correct. And that guy's like making the story. Yes. And everybody else's characters. Correct. And they roll dice for mm-hmm. like battles and mm-hmm. stuff. Okay. Exactly. Right. Yes. yes, I do know. Uh, you mentioned it earlier, Dungeons and Dragons, aka DND or DND, mm. depending how you want to abbreviate it. Tabletop role-playing game. Or a FTT RPG, a fantasy tabletop role-playing game. <laughs> We're going to get into some abbreviations today. Uh, it was originally developed by two dudes, Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson in 1974. It's, uh, it's a type of wargaming. So wargaming meaning a type of strategy game that simulates warfare realistically as opposed to like an abstract strategy game like chess or something like that, right? Okay. So it's more like you're going to battle these people. There's different scenarios, different areas where you need to battle and fight and blah, blah, blah. So would another example of this be like Risk or... I think so, yeah. Um, Stratego, maybe. Axis and Allies. Yeah, sure. Okay. Right. Yeah, just not like Chess or Checkers or uh, uh, Sorry. <laughs> I love Sorry. <laughs> uh, originally published by Tactical Studio Rules, but since 1997 has been published under Wizards of the Coast, which is a subsidiary of Hasbro. Uh, and it's often credited as being the start, the starting point for mar- for modern RPGs. Um, where D and D branches from other wargaming games is that it allows players to create their own characters, and their storylines, and that kind of thing, right? So, uh, basically, the, the characters they'll embark on this this fan this imaginary adventure, fantasy setting, and all that kind of stuff. We'll get into more of that later on. We're gonna kind of go through a little timeline of. Of information. So 1977, the game was split into two categories. You had basic D&D, which I assume is for just filthy casuals who don't really care about the rules. Filthy. Yes. And then you have advanced D&D, uh, which is more rules heavy, more structured, where you really get into the nitty gritty of the game, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. I had never played Dungeons and Dragons. I would love to play Dungeons and Dragons, though. Uh, second edition of Advanced D&D published in 89, 1989. A new version, the third edition, was released in 2000 with version 3.5 in 2003. Fourth edition in 2008, and then finally the most recent fifth edition in 2014. Are these just like updates to the rules? I would imagine new- they're updated rules, uh, new story. Like, so you can create your own adventure. There are some adventures that are kind of pushed towards you that you can kind of jump into. Um, more rules, maybe more races, more classes. I don't know exactly what the updates were with each edition. Mm-hmm. I could, you could read more on that, I'm sure. Uh, but I just know that they're on the fifth edition in 2014. Got it. So now, unless there's been something in the last year... I don't think there's been. A, a you said edition. races and classes. Yeah, we'll, we'll get, get to, to there. We'll get, okay. we'll get to those. Yeah. All right. So, like uh, like a video game role playing game, uh, players and their fellow party members engage in battles. They solve dilemmas. They'll hunt for treasures. They'll gain knowledge, all with the goal of raising their experience, their XP, uh, which makes the makes them rise in levels. They become more powerful, more capable all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We'll get into the mechanics later as well of how the game actually works, but we'll continue this overview for a second. D&D was a smash right off the bat, served as a spark that brought several other similar games into the industry. Uh, and in 2004, it was the best-selling and best-known RPG in the U.S. There were over 20 million players. And from 74 to 2004, they had done over a billion dollars in book and equipment sales worldwide. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, 2017, they had the most players in history with 12 to 15 million players alone in in North America. Um, and sales numbers just kept climbing year after year. There were, you know, 50% increases year over year, all the way up to last year, 2019. 
So these are all like small groups of friends that are playing. They're, I think so. And I yeah. think there's probably, you know, there's probably giant organizations now that go to these different conventions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll have these games. Interesting. Yeah. Quick uh, overview of how the game is played. So as we kind of mentioned, it's a structured game, but it's also very open-ended. So there are rules, but you kind of create the story yourself as you play. Uh, it's typically played indoors over a tabletop. Each player controls one, uh, only one individual character is known as a player character. That's your player character. Okay. And each player uh, typically has each player character typically has their own unique specialty area. And when working as a group, they contribute to the success of the whole party. And so you define like uh, one game is can be defined different ways, right? Okay. So you have an adventure which could take several different meetings just to complete this adventure. Okay. So maybe, I don't know, 20 hours just to complete an adventure. You meet three or four times and you complete that. Okay. Then you have a whole longer form version of several adventures that make up a campaign. Okay. Okay. Uh, there's an arbiter in all of this, the dungeon master, which you mentioned earlier. The dungeon master is like the narrator of the story. He sets the scenes. He controls the non-playable, non-player characters, all the NPCs. So any of the monsters you come across, any of the whatever characters he sets the setting like where you are um all that kind of stuff and he uh the dungeon master also uh completely lost my fucking self on this page (laughs) there's too many abbreviations i keep jumping to dm npc (laughs) all that shit uh so yeah he he sets the dungeon master uh, sets the settings where the interactions between the PCs and the NPCs occur and the outcomes of those encounters based on players' choices and okay. actions. He basically is playing God during all So this. he sets up the choices and then the players can choose from those choices, basically. Yes. So, somewhat. Kind of. Somewhat. Right, right exactly. Um, this sort of reminds me about a, a topic we covered way back. Um, the, the real role-playing. Oh, yeah, LARPing. LARPing. Yeah. There you go. As whereas there is a writer and they're writing it, but that seems like this is sort of that in real life. Like they meet up in real life in right. their character, battling yes. in fake to fake hand to hand combat. Of, instead of controlling a player character, rather they are than, the player. Rather character. than having the board, yeah. we're going to meet in real life and just doing this. It seems very similar. I forgot I had done LARPing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's like LARPing, but on a but, table. But on a table. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. Got it. Uh, the only items required to play the game. Uh, are the rule books, the character sheets, and multi-sided dice. Okay. So, the mechanics of how the game is played. Multi-sided, just like dice? Yeah, but like 20-sided dice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, it's like a 20-sided dice, an 8-sided dice, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. They're called uh, polyhedral dice. Got it. Yep. Multi, multi-sided dice. Got it. Yeah. Uh, so, before the game begins, each player creates their PC and records the details, the player stats on a character sheet, which is one of the necessities of playing the game, right? The character sheets have lines for basically strength, constitution, dexterity, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. Is it like they have to add up to a certain number and you can't you can't just give yourself 100 in every one of those you can't, categories? I'm pretty sure you are, you're, you're stuck with, you know, there are limits to what you can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and, and depending on your race and your class and your alignment you get more per- points in certain areas. Like the barbarian might have more strength, but less wisdom, that kind of thing. <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> yeah, so, dumb barbarians. Yeah. You might have a hunter who is like really high dexterity, really high intelligence, but you know, not a ton of constitution. I don't know. Okay. I'm not sure what constitution. Yeah, what does means. that mean? I guess it's just, uh, can't drink. <laughs> weak, right. weak constitution. Can't yes. keep his food down. <laughs> that's what it is. Um, 
Yeah, but the stat points are determined by the rule books for specific editions, depending on which edition of the game you're playing. The characters, they choose three uh, characteristics. So you have your race, your class, and your alignment. So races, there are a ton of races. I was looking at the website. There are like 50, I think. Wow. But some of them, uh, for example, dragonborn, a dwarf, elf, a half-elf, a gnome, a human. <laughs> <laughs> if you play Dungeons & Dragons and pick human, what are you doing? What are you, yeah, just <laughs> I want to be like myself. Yeah, I'll be a human... Uh, human fighter <laughs> uh want to be a human nerd yeah. like what are you doing here orc goliath goblin the list goes on and on mm -hmm. so this is those are the races the classes are a little more specific you have again there's so many of them but barbarian bard cleric druid fighter monk paladin ranger sorcerer wizard blah 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 all that kind of stuff right right, right. so it's a little bit more specific and then I thought this was interesting. You choose your alignment and a creature's, the alignment is a creature's general moral and personal attitudes. Uh, that's the alignment represents this, right? So you could be lawful, good, neutral, good, chaotic, good. And then you could be lawful, neutral, chaotic. Uh, so a lawful, neutral, a neutral or chaotic, neutral, or a lawful evil, a neutral evil or a chaotic evil. Right. So it's a spectrum of like good and evil, but right. like. There's a varying and are you of it, yeah. degrees. Are you of it. good and are you lawful or are you like you know I'm I'm evil but I, I abide by the law that kind right. of thing. As I well. don't follow the rules but I'm good. Right. Right. Okay. right. That kind of thing. Um, that makes up your your, <laughs> your PC. So funny. Yeah, I think this would be so no, much it's fun creative. to play. Oh yeah, I think it'd be so much fun to play. It, it. I think it depends on who you're playing with. I think you have to have a really good dungeon master. Yeah, it's right. You need yeah. a good writer and like people yeah. that are bought in. Like, you need a, the dungeon master is like the only thing I think that matters. In terms of really getting through a game. All the comments I kind of want to say about this, I think I said in LARPing. Yeah. So everyone should go back and listen to that episode. And that's basically how I feel about this. Yeah. If you have somebody that if you enjoy playing with these people, it's going to be fun. Right. Yeah. Uh, In-game actions. So there are like any kind of trivial action, like opening a door that's like not locked or picking up an envelope. Those are always pretty much successful. Like 99% of the times you don't need to roll for it. You don't so need to every do action has a probability of failure? I don't think those do. So like if you like find something on the ground and you pick it up, you're going to do that. It's like, I want to pick this up. It's like, okay. But if it's like, okay, I want to punch this monster. I want to cast this spell. You have to roll a dice check, basically. Mm -hmm. um, so that's where your dexterity or like your attributes are um, manifested in the dice roll. Right. So it's like, okay, uh, I want to roll a dice to see if I can shoot this dragon with a fireball. Right. So you roll your 20-sided die to do to see if the action was successful. And then you roll an eight-sided die to see how successful it was. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And depending on your class and your and your character sheet and all that kind of stuff, uh, let's say you're a wizard, you probably have a better chance of hitting a fireball shot than if you were, I don't know, like a bard trying to punch a dragon. Right. 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 That so, makes sense. Yeah. So you would get like, okay, you have like a, a plus four on this roll. So you roll an 18, you get a 22, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. Those can be, I mean, that's my understanding of it. Could be completely off there, but that's what I, that's what I, I think. Read. Generally, I get that. Yeah. And I think that would make sense. But maybe if we, Maybe in practice, if we tried to play exactly like that, we would right. find out it wouldn't work. And yeah, and I think you can also have negative effects to your to your roles as well. Like if you're trying to do something that's out of your character's abilities, that kind of thing. Okay. Right? Um, and so as the game is played, your player character changes over time and becomes more capable. You gain experience by defeating em enemies, by completing difficult tasks, that kind of thing. And then you once you gain enough experience, you mm. level up. And that brings you new abilities and new stats and all that kind of stuff as yeah. well. So it's, it's if you've played an RPG online or something, it's, this, it's same, a similar same thing. thing. Yeah. Right. 
So that's basically how the game works. Again, I think the dungeon master really has to like set the stage because he's uh, you can ask him questions and be like, uh, well, what are what are my options here? It's like, can, can I, I, I want to do this. He's like, yeah, you can do that. Roll me, roll this and add this to it and that kind of thing. But he's also like, there's a, there's a big time uh, aspect of storytelling to it as well. It's not just like, Yes, you can do that. Roll, you get a plus two. Well, right. The, He's not a robot. The dragon rears his head back and snarls and all that kind right, of stuff. Right, right, right. How many people can play? Did you mention this? I didn't. I the I don't know if there's a, a limit. A I know that number. I've seen like typically it's like a dungeon master plus four, maybe. Okay, four, five, four, five people. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. It could be more, I guess. Uh-huh. Maybe, maybe. Does the dungeon master he doesn't actually have a role he doesn't have a what was the character? He plays all the NPCs. So he plays okay. so he'll like roll for the, got it. Anybody you're battling. I got think, it. So right? he's got it. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Um, of course there have been some controversies. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, several times D and D's received negative publicity, often from Christian groups, uh, for promotion of Satanism. There's a the whole witchcraft, devil worship, suicide, murder aspect to it, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so early on players are met with social ostracisms. Like, Oh, you're a D and D player. You heathen, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Uh, and like like violent video games, the media has really tried to demonize or has tried to demonize the game uh, as a source for like different crimes that have that have happened. There was a guy, James Egbert, who went missing from his dorm at Michigan State in the seventies. Uh, they'd been playing like a live action Dungeons and Dragons in the steam tunnels below the university, and he went missing. He like tried to kill himself. It was it was unsuccessful. So he went and hid out at his friend's house for like a month. His parents hired a private private investigator. Uh, he like escaped to new like escaped to new orleans finally like told and basically the whole time this is going on they like the the pi found out that he was like a Dungeons and dragons player and leaked it to the media like maybe he got lost in the tunnels and got hurt while he was playing this dungeons and dragons game and so the the media runs with right dungeons and dragons has made this guy try to kill himself basically yeah christopher pritchard uh this one's actually kind of interesting he he's from so he's from wilmington north carolina uh, or sorry, sorry, Washington, North Carolina, I believe, and went to NC State. And like while there, uh, he and his friends, I guess, like so, he killed his stepfather. And after the fact, investigators and detectives found this like map of his house that they had been using to play Dungeons and Dragons with. Okay, and he and both like of his friends were all arrested and uh-huh. sent to prison because they were like they had, like conspired together through this game to murder this guy's stepfather. And so the the dungeon master is still in jail. He was actually given a, the death penalty, but it was converted to a life sentence. He's still in jail. The other two are out on parole. So the guy that killed him do, is out. So they were like, let's just make this real. This the the mission of this the yeah, campaign. They, they were like big into drugs and stuff. Kill, like that. Kill kill the stepfather. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Christopher Pritchard. So he yeah. Oh god. The crazy thing is that the dungeon master is still in jail, and the guy who actually killed his stepfather is out. So they almost like honored the game that the dungeon master <laughs> was, was like in control, like in control no idea. pushing people to do these things. Yeah. That's wild. Pretty bizarre. Yeah. And then uh, a couple of records here as well from what I could find. The longest D&D marathon. So the longest campaign game. or adventure yeah. played straight through lasted for 209 hours straight. What? Yeah. Eight days, 17 hours of playing this game. I assume you get like a five minute break every hour or something and maybe you can stack them together or something like that. But that's how long. So in this time, what are you doing for that long? Just keep Endless rolling campaigns, and I just guess, yeah. and just like, all right, now you got to go get this, go kill this thing. Go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's wild. And then the longest, so that's the longest uh, marathon, right? But the longest campaign 
sort of one that started and, and still going on actually it started 38 years ago. <laughs> These guys in Ogden, uh, Sorry, this guy, they're in Canada. They started 38 years ago. The game's still going on. They meet twice a week and play for about five hours. Wow. There's 50 of them, so I think they kind of change out, that kind of thing. Got it. But yeah, they've, they've been playing since the 80s. Huh. It's, I, I would imagine this is like overwhelmingly male to play this game. I mean, I'm sure they're... they're uh, yeah, I don't know. Girls that play, uh, but it I sounds like... originally. A, it started sure. like a, fem- a, a male game, late teens... That's sort of like the demographic here of who's playing. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's like how sh- stuff was marketed back then. Like the same <laughs> thing as like, you know, girls play with dolls, guys play with games, that kind of stuff. Or, like, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, or, I'm not. I'm not saying no, they I'm can't. Saying because of saying. that, I think that's probably true. Okay. Yeah, uh, I think there's definitely. I mean, more. It's probably. I was. It's probably still like heavily male favored, but I don't know. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. Demographics are probably skewed a little bit more now. Yeah. Well, board games and stuff have really had a like a resurgence. I love board games. People going to like pseudo like I call them like a bar, but it's more of like a mm. coffee hangout place just playing board games. Yeah, yeah. I think they I think there are a lot of places in uh, New York and people come and play Dungeons and Dragons for a long time. And I hate games. I hate bar Jenga. Oh, with the large blocks. It's the worst. What do you hate about it? It's so loud. When it falls. And obnoxious. And it's just a stupid game. Nobody plays by the rules. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you not... Yeah, you don't like it because it's like a stupid... Yeah, it just takes up too much space. Would you rather just play normal Jenga? No, Jenga sucks, I think. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'd rather play darts or pool, ping pong. Well, yeah. Throwing axes or something. Yeah. That's a good point. Jenga out of my face. <laughs> Cornhole's better as well. I like Connect Four. Another stupid game. It's oh, like Tic-Tac-Toe. Uh, I get beat a lot. Well, <laughs> Maybe I'm just stumped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, Good topic. I think we need to find a dungeon master. Yeah. Because I'd like to play. Let's do it. Let's figure it out. Yeah. Maybe not even for the show. I just want to play. Yeah. 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 All right. Cool. This will not be documented. No. <laughs> yeah. Good topic. Thanks. Michael, one thing I learned this week is that the Declaration of Independence was not actually signed on July 4th. Okay. The vote occurred on July 2nd. Uh-huh. It was published on July 4th. Ah. So technically, we should be celebrating today, on July 2nd. Happy day, Independence Day. The day we're recording. Yeah. So we should go celebrate now. All right, let's leave. Happy Independence Day. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. One thing I learned is that there are people in Taipei who are so, uh, how do I put this? They have the travel bug so bad that they're signing up to go through the entire process that you would for international travel at an airport, but you don't actually fly anywhere. Wait, what? There's an airport in Taipei, Taipei that is letting people come in, check bags, go through passport control, get on a plane. And then get off the plane. <laughs> you get off the plane. And people are doing this. Seven th- over seven thousand people applied to take part in this. The winners were chosen at random for all these. They're gonna have more fake flight experiences coming up this week. One person said, "I really want to leave the country, but because of the epidemic, lots of flights can't fly." And this lady brought her son. And they got on a plane. I don't know what to make of this. It's the worst part of travel, right? Why would you want to do that, right? Why? Why would you just go? That, do- that's the part of travel that makes me not want to travel, right? 
Why don't you just put on a YouTube video of the place you want to go to? Yeah, I don't know. That's crazy. Uh, the passengers got boarding passes. They went through security and immigration before they got on an Airbus A330 of Taiwan's largest carrier, China Airlines, where flight attendants chatted to them. <laughs> I'm assuming they have to pay to do this. Yeah, I don't know how much. I'm looking it up still. That's crazy. Maybe it was free. Maybe it was like free. a publicity uh, stunt yeah, by the uh, hang out with us. the airline or something. That's nuts. Yeah, it looks like they were they were winners chosen. But I don't know if you had to pay for it or not. That's crazy. Yeah. People are losing their minds, Michael. Yeah, yeah, it's it's nuts. It's nuts. Michael, tell me what you know about atoms. Like Adam, like the name Adam West. <laughs> we might get there later. <laughs> Atoms, uh, smallest pieces of matter. Yeah. Are there subatoms, microatoms? There are th- things that make up atoms. Yeah. Right, I guess. I don't yeah. really go into them here, but yeah, there okay. are quarks and things uh, smaller right. than protons and neutrons and electrons. How many atoms are in my hand right now? You know, some large exponent number that okay. I could say. Yeah. I don't know specifically, but I would say, and you'd be like, oh, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> we'll get to a little bit of you these. You get we'll, past a trillion we'll and I just yeah. puts my mind into a pretzel. We'll pass a million, I think. Atoms, uh, they make up everything. Mm-hmm. Can't trust them. You don't trust them? They make up everything. <laughs> <laughs> so good. They make up everything. We're not even here. Uh, yeah, Adam. I mean, this is it's a really small thing. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the term Adam comes from the Greek atomos, ah. which means indivisible. Okay. Yeah. You can't divide any smaller. That's but you, it. But they were wrong. Uh, I'm actually surprised when I was looking at this that the uh, like atomic theory, that yeah. the the idea that there was something that couldn't be divided, is an atom splitting a thing. <laughs> it is. It is. But we'll get there too. Okay. Um, but atomic theory is very old. It dates back before Socrates, which who lived 460 BC to 370 BC. Socrates. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. It's the idea that there is a discrete element that makes up all matter. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, back then they first, this is a brief little brief history about it. Okay. Uh, they first thought that they were infinite and eternal. So it couldn't be created. Everything that was created is now here yeah and they're forever right uh then it was believed that they're not infinite but they were created by god mm-hmm. uh, i like that one yeah at that time it wasn't a popular opinion like okay. to have it you were still kind of looked as like a heretic ah. um yeah uh the scientific community really began to accept the theory in the late 1600s and early 1700s around the time of isaac newton uh, the electron was first discovered in 1897 by J.J. Thompson. Mm-hmm. Uh, the nucleus was first theorized in 1909. So here we are getting accelerated. Uh, the planetary model of the atom, which was created by Niels Bohr. Yes. So the Bohr model. Right. Which is basically the idea that there's a nucleus surrounded by electrons. And the electrons are, have a defined distance from the nucleus yes. in orbit. Super, uh, super fitting last name, by the way. Niels Bohr. Yeah. <laughs> Fall asleep. Uh, <laughs> uh, and the distance you are away from the nucleus also defines how much energy you have. So the further away you are, the more energy you have. Okay. Closer you are to the nucleus, the less energy. And when you say you... The atom. The, okay. atom the, the amount of energy that the atom has. Okay. This is not 
exactly correct. Um, further from this comes the quantum model, uh-huh. which is basically like, Niels, you're pretty much right, but there's like, you're missing something here, which is basically Erwin um, Schrodinger. You might know from Schrodinger's cat. Yes. Uh, he was fascinated by the idea that all moving particles exhibit a degree of wavelength, wave-like behavior. Okay. So it, it's not necessarily a thing of matter, but it actually acts more like a wave. And because of this, he released Schrodinger's equation in 1926, which describes an electron as a wave function rather than a particle. Okay. But it is both... A, this wasn't fully correct either. Um, as further looked at by... Uh, Hindenburg, I think. Not Hindenburg. Forgetting. Nobody's going to look you up to figure out if you're right or not. It's both a particle and <laughs> a wave. A particle and a wave. Uh-huh. The equation is simply finds the probability of an electron existing at a point in space. Okay. So it's just, we can't ever know exactly where it is because it's not a thing, nor is it a wave. So obviously we're missing something here, and this is just the best way we've been able to figure it out. And that, in a nutshell, science. is an atom. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, we touched on this. All atoms are made up of a nucleus and its surrounding electrons. A nucleus is made up of protons and neutrons. Protons have a positive charge. Yes. Neutrons are neutral. Right. Electrons have a negative charge. Yes. Very easy to remember. Um, the periodic table of elements uh, classifies these atoms by size based on their quantum weight. Yes. Right? So in the top left is hydrogen. The lightest. The lightest fewest uh smallest nucleus one orbiting electron and then from there it gets larger and more like more protons neutrons and electrons and the the like further you go all the way over all the way to the right on the periodic table of elements that's those are um those have all their orbitals filled i think it's eight eight electrons and they're it's like a stable element it's not Mm -hmm. looking for any other electron right um so then a molecule, right? So I feel like a lot of, I always get confused by these things like water, like H2O. Yeah, it's the Mickey Mouse molecule. Yes. So it's two oxygens, one hydrogen. No, excuse me. Other way around. Other way around. So a molecule is an electrically neutral group of two or more atoms. Yes. So now we're building. We got uh-huh. chemical bonds. Chemical Chemicals get crazier and crazier. I'm in my 11th grade chemistry class. There right you now. are. You're right back in. Just in there. I'm going to go play baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Get me out of this class. Counting down for 4th of July. We're leaving early today. I got a game in Asheville. <laughs> uh, and that's why you're sitting here talking to me, Michael. That's right. If you'd have paid a little more attention. I'd be in a lab. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. The elements cannot be broken down further via chemical means. Uh, there are 118 elements, 94 occur naturally on the earth. The other 24 are synthetic elements produced in nuclear reactions. Mm-hmm. All right. So they're mostly named after a place in Norway, I think. Uh, yeah. Like different names, lot of Einsteinium, mm-hmm. different names. Yeah. I think there's three or four that are named after a specific place in, in, in Norway, I think, or Sweden. And I only know that because it's a crossword puzzle answer to the New York times crossword puzzle, like four or five times a week. Oh, but I can't remember what it it's is. It's like a recurring answer. Yeah. Like you know that and you can get this. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. It's good to know. I do a lot of crosswords. Be a good one. Yeah. Mm. Um. So let's talk a little bit about their size, their energy, and empty space. I can't wait. Right. <laughs> so how big are they? They're really small. They're really small. You really, can't see them. Really, really small. Without a big time. But microscope. Let's make 
a comparison. <clears throat> okay. All right. So if you had a grapefruit. Okay. Okay. You got a grapefruit. It's in your hand. The grapefruit is filled with just nitrogen atoms. It's not filled with just nitrogen atoms. It's got other stuff, but let's just go with that. Okay. It's filled with nitrogen atoms. How big do you think you'd have to scale the grapefruit up in order for the atoms to be the size of, call it a blueberry? <laughs> just off the top of your head, a blueberry? <laughs> Maybe. Um, it would need to be the size of the Empire State Building. It would have to be the size of the Earth. Oh, that was probably a better guess. Yeah. Something round. So take that grapefruit, make it the size of the Earth. The atoms inside of it would now be the size of a blueberry. So you're telling me the blueberries are the atoms of the Earth? Correct. Okay. If the blue, if the grapefruit was the size of the Earth. All right. Now, if that doesn't weird you out enough, atoms, uh-huh. as we are made up of protons, neutrons, and electrons. Yeah. So... How big do you think the nucleus is in that blueberry that you just oh, man. created? Really small. Really, really small. Mm-hmm. You would have to you would have to blow the blueberry up to the size of a football stadium in order for the uh, nucleus. nucleus to be the size of a marble. Okay. All right. And are blueberries and marbles different sizes here? <laughs> well, now, well, now the Earth is now a giant grapefruit. A huge, yeah, like. Okay. Three Earths. And we have a blueberry atom. And now we've got a blueberry the size, size of a, a football field. So it's three Earths, yes. Yeah. So now we and have a marble nucleus, atom, A marble nucleus. We've got a marble. Yeah. Okay. Kind of crazy. Keep going. Um, so the majority of the mass of an atom is in the nucleus. Yes. So everything else inside of an atom is just empty space. There's nothing okay. there. Yeah. So you are, if you went all the way down to it, you're not even here. You're just a bunch of empty space. Or, Me, I'm just a bunch I, of empty space. Yeah, I knew that. There's nothing. Nothing going on up here. No. How crazy is that? <laughs> I'm trying to teach you about atoms here. Yeah, no, I'm listening. I have a hard time wrapping my head around stuff sometimes. Well, going from the previous topic last week, you're talking about how big the universe is. Yeah. And now we're saying that the most elemental, fundamental, indivisible about- part of it is an atom. Yeah. And it's that small. I want to ask I don't a stupid question. Here. I think we're just, I, this is all just, something's going on here. We're definitely not past the great filter. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, I'm going to ask a stupid question. Well, so I guess atoms aren't the smallest thing. Well, we already talked about other stuff, but like something's got to make up atoms as well, right? Well, something makes up protons right. and neutrons. So isn't there something that you can never get? It's like an infinite trail, right? Down to the smallest thing. Down to the, there keep, is no smallest thing. Something has to smaller. make up whatever it is, right? It's a paradox here. Well, yeah. I mean, that is a potentially logical way to look at it. Yeah. But you don't know. I think that's a lot of... Um, it's like if you keep going halfway to someplace, you'll never get there. Yes, that is a paradox. Yeah. Um, but I think that's like what a lot of people who make the argument for like a god, like a god particle mm. or like actual god, whatever. Yeah. Um. It's sort of like, well, if you just keep going, Whatever. you just keep doing yeah. it. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's not proving anything. You're, you're, you're just not, the absence of information is not information. It's not right. truth, right? <clears throat> you're not really finding anything. You're just not finding something and then filling in whatever you want to put there. Hmm. So who knows? Right. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Einstein. Okay. 
So what I always find interesting about the Adam Adam really, Einstein. <laughs> what I always find interesting about this is that uh, since this is really theorized in the last call it, hundred years, yeah, our society has completely changed. Yes. So just the knowledge of some people. There are some people out there with this knowledge. And they can say, oh, well, if that's true, then we can do this. And then if that's true, we can do this, this, and this. And now all of a sudden we're sitting here recording on this you know, device mm-hmm. that is the sum of all the knowledge around everything that was theorized in looking at the atom and how they react and all this different stuff. And now you've got a cell phone, you've got GPS, you've got all this different stuff that is now making it so that you can't, you don't really need to be that smart. You don't need to hold that much information. You can just look it up. Yeah. It's crazy. It is crazy. So, and and now everybody knows this simple equation, right? Like, what is Einstein's major equation? E equals mc squared. There you go. Put your energy on the spot. equals mass times c. Yeah, c squared. C is the speed of light. Ah, right. Well, this is all. This is like where it also is interesting. Like a lot of these theories don't exist inside of vacuums. Like he's also got special relativity, which talks about like you going closer to the speed of light, time will slow down for you. Mm. Like different things like that. Ma- your mass will be almost infinite. Right. Right. Like there, all these things relate to each other, even though it's really hard to keep that in your head. Right. So e equals m c squared. Now all of a sudden, from there, somebody. Somebody comes to Einstein and is like, you know, the Germans are kind of taking this whole idea you had. Yeah. And they're like potentially going to make nuclear weapons. And if you, if, if your theory is correct, we could take some super unstable, heavy atoms, crash them into each other. And now you can create like a nuclear chain reaction mm. and you can set off like these massive bombs. And Einstein was like, I'm a pacifist. I didn't mean for this to, to happen. And then he was like, all right, well, the U.S. should do this because if the Nazis get it, then we're all screwed. Yeah, and the rest is history. Yeah. Um. So all just based on this one little aspect that yeah, energy and mass are the same thing. They're they're equivalent, right? So yeah, kind of nuts. So this kind of all again happened. Manhattan Project mm-hmm. figured out they wanted. To, they started doing some tests. Yes. Created the nuclear bomb. Los yes. Alamos, New Mexico. Um. Since then, on Earth, there's been 2,056 nuclear tests conducted since August 9th, 1945 mm. by eight nations. Okay. Can you name the eight nuclear nations? United States. U.S. Russia. Yep. China. Yep. U.K. Yep. Halfway there. North Korea. Yep. Mm. Let me give you a hint. You give me a continent. Uh, I'm sure that's like Europe, Europe. and Asia. That There's I'm another missing. one in Europe. Germany. Nope. I think they might be. They might be nuclear. Like I think they they have nuclear reactors. Yeah. But they don't have. They they haven't set off a bomb. Is there a Middle Eastern one that I'm missing? Do we know? Or there was nothing in Iraq or Iran? Was there? Um, no, not there. Yeah. But in. Another subcontinent. <laughs> India. There you go. Yeah. That's six. Uh, yep. Yeah, you're missing another one in, in Europe. In Europe. Said, you said Germany, but. Um, next door neighbor. Poland? Nope. A little bit more. Ukraine. 
Definitely not. <laughs> the other way. More? The other way. France. There you go. Oh, okay. France. And then you'd have another one. Who who fights India? Like who? who they don't China. like each other. Yeah, China hates but India. India doesn't like him, but then, like, there's also another country that doesn't like India either, and India doesn't like them. Oh, I don't know. Pakistan. Okay, Pakistan. Yeah. So those are like like yeah. the two hot spots would probably Kurds. be like if there was to be like another nuclear war. Yeah. It might be there. It might oh, be I love India that, that India-China border right now is not looking too pretty. Yeah, that another one too. Yeah. That and then North Korea. Like, yeah. Anyways. So you also mentioned this little dual dual part of this topic. Let's let's talk about some famous atoms. Let's do it. <laughs> this is my favorite part of the episode. So, uh, Adam is ranked the 144th most popular given name in the United States. Should I just started with this. <laughs> <laughs> this is so much better. <laughs> All right. Uh, there are 433,851 people estimated in the United States named Adam. 430,000? 433,000. In all of time, I read this, the population of Adams would be like half a million, I thought it said. Oh, uh, Michael's kill Adams. I'm like, oh, we, yeah. We're way up there. Oh, right? or way more. We're way higher than the 144th yeah. most popular name. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay. Uh, do you want to go back and forth with our favorite Adams? And you can just go off your list and I'll go off the top of my head. Yeah, I stopped making my list because <laughs> there were just so many Adams okay. that were pretty famous. Well, I wanted to, um, can I give you some more facts about Adams? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so it's a male name. Like that's, <laughs> that's one thing I read. It was like, there, there are no, there female are no females named Adam. Okay. Uh, 79% of them are white. 10% are black. 7% Hispanic. 2% Asian. They break down into Adam. All right. California is the state with the most Adams. That makes sense. Adam's, but Adam's kind of a bro name. It is sort of it was, yeah. it was Adam. 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 <laughs> uh, but if you wanted to have the highest likelihood of running into an Adam, you should go to Utah. Okay. Utah really? has the highest per capita Adams. Huh. Yeah. Like 300 and some per 100,000. Is it a Mormon thing? I don't know. I mean, obviously, Adam and Eve. I think his name was Brigham Adam Young. <laughs> <laughs> um those are all my facts about adam yeah now we can get into our famous adams okay you did mention adam west he was number one on this list oh really yeah yeah batman mm-hmm. <laughs> uh i'll name my next one sandler adam sandler's going love adam sandler uh the original the og adam that yeah <laughs> from the garden of number Eden. one yeah. yeah take his ribs out that's right uh adam levine adam levine's going <laughs> yep uh Wish I had some more time to think. Wish I wish you had a list in front of you. Yeah. Huh? All right. Hold on. Uh, give me 10 seconds and I'll think of one. Adam Morrison, one of the greatest yeah. college basketball players of all time. Yeah, Gonzaga, that's on the list. Solid mustache. Yep. Uh, I'm going to take another one I think you'll think of. Uh, Adam Scott. Adam Scott. Adam Scott. Another Adam Scott. Who are you thinking of? I was thinking of Parks and Rec Adam Scott. That's who I'm thinking of. Okay. Golfer then. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take golfer. Take Adam the golfer. Um, I'll take the comedian Adam Carolla. My mom just butt dialed me and said, I didn't want to hang up on you. <laughs> Can we keep that in? Keep this in the podcast. Thanks, mom. Um, yeah, I'm going to take the uh, comedian Adam Carolla. Okay. Probably some baseball players. Yeah, I mean, you got uh, Adam Jones. Mm-hmm. You got Adam. Well, I'll keep going. Um, 
on Mythbusters, Adam Savage. Adam Savage. Uh, Adam Dunn, another baseball player. Mm-hmm. Wainwright. Adam Wainwright, another baseball player. I think there's like gotta be like are there no actors other than Sandler? No, uh, isn't Adam Devine? Isn't that isn't that guy yes. from Workaholics? I can't never remember his name is Adam or Andy. No, it's definitely Adam. Okay, it's Adam. Adam. Yeah. Yeah. Adam Devine. Yeah. That's a good. Yeah. One. That's the rest of my list. So don't ask anymore because I'm not gonna be able to. Think All right. <laughs> so if I get one more, I win. Uh, Adam. Well, does this count? There was a basketball player for the Tar Heels back in the '90s named Adam Mola Okalaja. <laughs> But it's like Adam Mola was his name. <laughs> so I'll go with Okalaja to, to win this one. That's the dunk yeah. in my face. That's Adams. That's uh, hope you learned a little bit about you know the atomic theory and what makes you up. Yeah, You're nothing. You just make up everything. And some gonna, famous Adams. I'm going to go watch 50 First Dates. Yeah. That's what Old Sandler movie. <laughs> I'm going to go watch Billy Madison. Uncut Gems. Yeah. All right. Excellent. It. Thank you. That's it for this week's episode. Make sure to like and subscribe if you enjoyed it. You can follow us on Instagram at TMWYK underscore podcast and on Twitter at TMWYK pod. Have a great weekend and we'll see all you beautiful people for a new episode next Friday.